Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> All right. I like that. I like that. Yeah, sound dope. Wow, a little Shaq Boo. Well, to get it started. Who, what, who better to enter the arena to this song than my man Emery Hunt? Uh, you can find Emery Hunt on Twitter at FBallGamePlan. Uh, he writes through The Athletic as well. He and I have done a ton of draft coverage together, so we're excited to have you on. What's up, Emery? A little Shaq Foo for you. Oh, man, I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, no problem, man. Uh, so we were just talking about the whole Kyler Murray thing, what the Cardinals are going to do, all that kind of stuff. We, we can talk about that as well. But I want to kick it off because Ed Oliver had this uh, really impressive pro day. You and I talked about him really early in the process about how we thought that everybody would kind of come back to their senses and not worry about uh, can he play at this weight in the NFL and what happened with the coach down in Houston? We thought that stuff would wipe away. Uh, and I would gather my guess is that we will start to see him rise from what's being projected to be kind of a mid first round pick into that top 10. Do you feel the same way? Definitely. I think his floor, honestly, is Buffalo. If if he's on the clock when Buffalo is there at pick nine, I think they'd be hard-pressed to pass him up. So I think we're starting to see now people come to their senses, like you said. Because remember, prior to this season, he was everybody's easily first pick overall. It didn't matter who was yeah, – who, that's right. Who would have the first pick. It was Ed Oliver. And, you know, and so now to see him drop a little bit but then start to rise, he's always been a top-ten talent. And I think we'll see that come draft night. Hey, Emery, uh, Joe, thanks for joining us this morning. Uh, so, uh, wide receivers in the draft. I mean, uh, DK Metcalf getting uh, uh, lots of attention. Uh, you know, he's got the, the physique of a, of a He-Man, of course. But uh, a couple of the guys that I've uh, noticed that are being projected as uh, potential first-round uh, targets uh, in the draft, like a Haki Butler or a Paris Campbell, who do you think uh, would be a uh, first-round wide receiver that might have uh, an the uh, easiest transition in, into uh, an NFL scheme? That's a great question. I think it would be any one of your slot receivers. So you look at Paris Campbell, like you mentioned, A.J. Brown of Ole Miss. Those guys, to me, would have the easier transition because they're going to be the third option in an offense. They're going to find themselves against third cornerbacks, and they're going to be able to mm-hmm. pick and choose where they, where they settle down in zone and get the ball and utilize their great run out of the catch skills. So I think it's the slot receivers having the more more immediate impact over the guy that you're going to see lined up on the outside. It's a really good point. So many, I think people underrate how more, how much more complex NFL schemes can be for receivers and how they have to learn the route tree, obviously develop chemistry with the starting quarterback. I think that is an underrated part of evaluating the wide receivers. People just see that, for example, DK Metcalf uh, blows the combine apart. Mm-hmm. But we really don't know, Emery, what his ability will be to ingest and then produce in an NFL offense. The physical talent is a given. Those are table stakes for all wide receivers. His is an elite level. 
but we don't really know the other stuff that comes with it. We saw an Ole Miss wide receiver in Laquan Treadwell who has not made the transition, for example. Yeah, and it's you never really know with these guys as far as what offense you're going to go to. That always adds a, a little bit of a little bit of um, guesswork to it, you know. So, and you look at guys like Andy Isabella. Would he be better suited to play on the outside, or would he fit in, let's say, um, the Browns' offense, or would you rather see him in the Saints' offense, or the Rams' offense, or the Patriots' offense? So. It all goes to where you go, and I think certain teams really utilize the slot position well. You see how a guy like Cooper Cup thrived uh, in the slot for the Los Angeles Rams, and you you saw how Cole Beasley thrived there with the Cowboys. And so I think when you look at that position and certain receivers, if you're a slot receiver and you land in the more ideal spot, you're going to thrive more so than guys on the outside. So I would probably keep a close eye on those uh, slot receivers that are entering the draft. Hey, Emery, tell us how you think that the uh, Patriots draft strategy might be affected by the news, of, of course, that uh, Gronkowski uh, retired. I mean, not only was he in his heyday, you know, the top uh, uh, you know, target of, of Tom Brady's, but uh, in the latter part of his career, he did a really good job blocking for them, too. So uh, do you think that uh, are they going to be looking for, like, early in the draft for, uh, you know, wide receiver? Is tight end uh, necessarily uh, on their radar? What do you think that they, they focus on first? I mean, they have tons of picks. Yeah, they have tons of picks, and I think they have luxury of really taking who they want when they want them um, and and won't let need dictate that. Now, with that said, you know, they, they could come away with three tight ends in this draft. And because I say three because you have – I grade them by three different positions, inline, flex tight end, H-back, and you can make a case that they could utilize all three. Now, they do have some guys on the roster out there last year, like Ryan Izzo out of Florida State, um, Jacob Hollister, who – you know, they liked a lot, and they brought in Matt Lacoste, a free agency, and they already have Steven Anderson on, on the roster. So they have some yep. guys, but if they have a chance to get a game-breaker, um, I think they're going to take the game-breaker and, and then work with these guys that they already have on the roster that have already been familiar uh, with their system. I totally agree. I, I think they're sitting under 32. As Joe said, they have all these other picks. Last year, they made some moves. They They grabbed Isaiah Wynn. And they grabbed Sony Michelle. They made moves in the first round. This year, if they feel like the tight end market is already passed by and they're not going to trade up because somebody else is thinking about taking Irv Smith and Hawkinson and Font are already gone, then I then they'll just move out of that pick memory and they'll acquire some more and they'll figure something out mid season. They'll just package those into getting a veteran tight end somewhere. Or you may see them take a chance on a defensive lineman that, that could be falling because of injury and not because of talent in Jeffrey Simmons out of Mississippi State. That will be a perfect spot to take him and allow him to slowly come back and now you have a top-ten talent that you got at pick 32. Yeah, again, this is Emory Hunt uh, at F-Ball Game Plan on Twitter. So, all right, we, we have to talk quarterbacks at least for a minute or two. Uh, now, now, Kyler Murray is – Gummed up the gummed up the works. I don't know what the Cardinals are going to do. Is it a love affair? Are they driving up the price? 
I tend to think it's a love affair if you're if you're asking me to pick what they're going to do. But they're they're playing both sides of it. Joe and I just spent 15 minutes talking about it. They're trying to shop Rosen and and evaluate Murray at the same time. But Drew Locke is now being described as arm talent that is off the charts, which is a highly overused term. But give me your sense of what you really feel about Drew Locke in particular. I, I like Drew Locke, but I, I, to me, I like Drew Locke like I like Derek Carr. You know, yeah, you know, they're a good player. You know, and, and and what I take Derek Carr top ten probably not, um, but what I take him in the first round absolutely. So I think Drew Locke was being underrated by him is how better he got this year as far as situationally. Now he he was just really throwing the football. He was a see it thrower type of a passer last year. This year, he picked and chose the spots where he wanted to be aggressive, and that's why you see the, the better completion percentage, the better touchdown interception ratio, the low interception number. So he really got better, and that's a great thing because you want to see a guy trucking in the right direction heading into the NFL. So I do think he's a first-round pick. I, I also believe Will Greer is the first-round pick. Um, the one guy I don't feel as though is the first-round pick but will probably end up going is Daniel Jones out of Duke. So I do think if you get Drew Locke, you know, if you're Washington, you're Miami, um, if you're even a team like New England at pick 32, if he's falling down the board like that, that those are some, some teams that I look at and say, hey, that, that would be a good spot for Drew Locke. Even if you're Cincinnati and you want to take a quarterback, I think Drew Locke could be a guy that you should feel comfortable with taking if, you, if you're ready to move on from Andy Dalton. So uh, continuing on uh, discussion about uh, quarterbacks, uh, I mean, I, you've probably been asked this on uh, numerous shows or whatnot, but w- what do you think uh, uh, Kyler Murray's chances of becoming a productive NFL quarterback are? You know, this obviously the discussion about uh, his height. I mean, the guy's got a tremendous arm, uh, tremendous uh, skill set and whatnot. Uh, do you think that he has what it takes uh, and, and what will it take for him to, to have success in the NFL? I think he definitely has what it takes. And, and I'm so glad we're, we're at the point now we're talking about a 5-10 quarterback going number one overall uh, because if you follow football game plan since 2007, we have championed the thought that size is not a skill. And it's funny to see everyone start to come around to it when we've said this for over a decade now. And I think he's going to step in and, and play really well. I compared his game to Russell Wilson coming out of NC State. Um, the reason why I use that comparison is because when Wilson was coming out of NC State, uh, Wilson was, uh, you know, a little bit more of a of a scrambler, um, making plays off script and doing a lot of things outside the pocket. But when he went to Wisconsin, he was able to smooth out his game and polish up his game and be a little bit more patient in the pocket and making throws. I think you're going to see that same type of transition for Kyler Murray. Now, he's going to have the luxury of doing it in the NFL. So I, I would say he's going to make a lot of splash plays as a rookie. He's going to be, he's going to be good. Um, where he has to get better is consistency on his, on his accuracy. I think he can get away from him a little bit. Deep ball, he's fine. But the short to intermediate stuff, it, it can get away from him. You saw a little bit of that at the pro day. Um, but mm-hmm. I still think he's a top 10 talent. Um, and I'm always big on quarterbacks that can make it an 11-on-11 game. And you saw him rush for 1,000 yards last year in the Big 12. I think that's the reason why you look at what he does, what Lamar Jackson did last year, uh, with guys like that that can buy time and, and make things happen. That's why you want a Kyle Murray. And I'm not surprised to see him being talked about 
as a top pick. It's funny that you mentioned Russell Wilson transitioning to Wisconsin. It's it's amazing what a a lockdown offensive line can do for you, right? It keeps you more patient, and it did allow Wilson to develop his pocket passing ability. He's obviously an extremely mm-hmm. talented player, but moving from NC State, Emory, to Wisconsin, which NC State has developed some pretty good offensive linemen in their own right, but Wisconsin historically produces – a ton of NFL offensive linemen, and I'm sure some of them played in front of Russell Wilson while he was a senior there. I, I guess – so that's point one. Point two, my only concern about Murray or my major concern about Murray is the lack of starting experience. Those guys historically don't project well. Now, he is a very unique case because he is a uber-talented multi-sport star. So I think – He's not going to be a deer in headlights. I don't see that happening to him because he's been able to carry himself in such a unique way. But I do get a little concerned. I I have to apply the same mentality to when I was worried about Trubisky to that I'm worried about Murray. I understand there's different talents there, but I'm worried about guys that don't have that many starts under their belt, Emory. Yeah, I mean, you, you do worry about that. You, you don't want to get a guy that's a flash in the pan. Um, but we've seen guys that have had one year of starting experience get drafted very high. And and here's the thing with Mr. Trubisky, that's the guy I'm alluding to. Um, you look at Trubisky's one year at North Carolina, it wasn't it was okay. I mean, it was seventy five, he had an okay touchdown interception ratio. I mean, he was decent. He had a good upset against Florida State but he wasn't spectacular in his one year. So if you're spectacular in your one year, a la Cam Newton, a la what we've seen from Kyler Murray, what we've seen from Dwayne Haskins, I think you have a better chance of carrying that over because if you fall back to the mean, your mean is still going to be very good. When you had Trubisky, who was okay in NC, uh, North Carolina, go into the league and fall back to the mean, he was below average. So I think because they were so spectacular and because they do have the ultimate get-out-of-jail-free card, which is their athleticism, it kind of helps the game slow down for them and helps them make the transition a lot easier because we've seen that the game sort of trek toward your quarterback better have some level of pocket mobility. And Trubisky has that, which is why he was able to have a better uh, season this past year with the Bears, and, and he was really able to get himself out of a jam a lot and extend plays and hit plays deep down the field. So, if you have that get-out-of-jail-free card, it, it gives you an opportunity to, to let the game slow down and to get your passing up to where your running is as a, as a player. All right, so, Emery, uh, you know, looking at a lot of these mocks uh, that are being done ahead of the draft, I mean, you know, obviously quarterbacks uh, are, are – you know, projected to be taken, you know, a couple of wide receivers, lots of defense, uh, some offensive linemen. Uh, what about running backs in, in the first round? Uh, is is basically uh, Josh Jacobs, uh, you know, the guy that you think is going to go? I mean, are there more than one uh, running backs that you think that deserve to go in the first round? If there was one running back that uh, I would take in the first round, it, it would be Daryl Henderson. Out of Memphis. Love him. Because <laughs> I, I am of the mindset, can you score from anywhere on the field? And that's the guy I want uh, running the football. And so if, if it's all about touchdowns and scoring points and, and uh, you know, putting the ball in the end zone, to me, that's the 
that's the guy you want. And I and I know everyone is talking about Josh Jacobs. Uh, he has good talent, you know, but he he's a he's a guy that only averaged what uh, six six or seven carries a game. So I think he's probably best suited as a complimentary guy. But I do like the fact that you get a player like um, a Daryl Henderson who can legit be a Chris Johnson type um, player if given the opportunity because he has legit home run hitting speed. So if there was any running back in the first round, I would take uh, Daryl Henderson. Um, Okay, last question for you. One guy either in the first round or sniffing around the first round right now that people are still just kind of sleeping on right now. Like maybe they get drafted late first round or second round, and you think, like, what? why are people not seeing that this guy's going to be a superstar? I would say Isaiah Buzz, a defensive lineman out of Alabama. I just find it interesting when you watch Alabama play, Quinn Williams is excellent. But no one talks about number 49 that's out there disrupting things all the time. And I think Isaiah Buzz has a really good, opportunity to be an impact player wherever he lands. He's probably going to be a second-round pick, um, but wherever he goes, he's going to be a, a guy that's going to make an all-working team uh, at the end of the season. I think he's got phenomenal talent. Good stuff. So, uh, as always, you'll find Emory Hunt here on Saturdays with us. I'll be uh, checking in with him sir, for some more draft coverage here over the next month. Draft is only 25 days away. Find Emory on Twitter at FBallGamePlan. Thanks for joining us, bud. We'll talk to you again soon. Anytime. Appreciate you guys. So Joe and I will be back after the break. We'll sort of comment on what Emery just had to say. We'll continue to talk through some of the NFL and the Gronk retirement. So does Mike and Joe on FST. We'll be right back.